What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 59 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm here with coach of Tioga Tigers wrestling team, uh, coach Chris Harrington. How's things going today, Chris? Yeah, things are great, man. How are you? Not too bad. I just had a practice, uh, I don't know, probably 45 minutes ago. I just finished up with kid from Messina. He drives down an hour and uh, he's heavier weight. So we had like an hour live go kind of thing that was fun. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling my neck's feeling a little stiff right now, but it, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. Well, you, you always want to help the kids that want to actually put time in, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. It was just a just one on one, you know, nobody else in the practice room. So it was it was good. Um, nice. But yeah, other than that, I've been watching the 14 and 14 and under freestyle and Greco duels that took place the last four days out in Indiana, um, which obviously leads me to be pumped for Fargo. We were just talking before we started, you know, last year was the first year I went to Fargo and I'm like, I, I got to go back. So of course I don't even have any really plans yet. I mean, I briefly talked with Chris Adams about driving out with him. Um, and, you know, so I'll just go out there and just wing it kind of. And I'm pretty pumped with the, uh, the roster that we're sending. You just, you know, we kind of talked about a few of the guys that plan on going and, you know, we've got a few of the returning all Americans from last year. We mentioned Casper Stewart, Sean Campbell, um, Altimer, you know, obviously he just came out. Um, he looked great last year. I mean, he was a runner-up, I believe, in Junior yeah. Greco, which he'll be back again um, before he leads to his college career, which I believe is going to Northern Michigan, right? Yeah, he's going to Northern. So that, that's exciting. So, uh, um, yeah, so the, the hammers that we're sending to Fargo, I mean, it should be one of our bigger rosters that were sent yet. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have 115 kids registered right now for Fargo. And in the nine years that I've been a part of the uh, developmental program, this is our largest team. So, I mean, just to start off with there, you know, shout out to New York to starting getting their act together and understanding the importance of uh, international styles and actually promoting this. So, I mean, I think that's a big part. And like you said, some of the names that are going makes it really exciting. So, I mean, as you just mentioned, you've been a part of the USA New York wrestling program, the developmental program. Some of the, I, I saw on Facebook, uh, just mentioned the, uh, some of the Fulton kids that were going down to a clinic this weekend. And I know there's several camps and clinics coming up for um, Fargo prep. Could you uh, kind of share on some of those? Yeah, sure. I mean, right, right now, um, this past weekend, we had one in Canandaigua, um, the 26th, 28th. Uh, through the 28th there's one at journeyman wrestling club um we'll be featuring uh jojo smith from oklahoma state leading into their camp um the 28th through the first uh kirby will have one and uh then july 5th through 8th also another three-dayer at um at kirby and then july 10 through 12 uh we'll be hosting one in ithaca with our location to be determined right now we're trying to figure out some logistics yeah that sounds awesome i mean definitely spread across the state and you know those guys that are hosting the the uh, events they're they're obviously going to be in fargo as well coaching so it's it's right. great to see you know some of new york's best coming together to train for fargo right um you know get new york's name back on the map for you know we've we've put a lot of hammers out through fargo and won a lot of stop signs so hopefully we can continue that this year no, I just, uh, you know, I, I think that people are putting more of an emphasis on, on the international styles and, and really just kind of, if you look around the country, 
the, the best of the best are doing this, whether it's through the UWW world team trials or, you know, the guys that don't achieve their goals, there, pushing forward and, and going out to Fargo. And I think we, we as a state have kind of lagged behind this and it's good to see that, you know, people are embracing, embracing this a little bit more. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've obviously loved freestyle just because, you know, that's, I mean, some of the guys, of course, I guess it's a location thing too. I mean, loving the sport, right? So, you, I mean, sure. obviously it's a grind, freestyle and Greco is a grind, but I mean, to, to take it to the next level, people are noticing, Hey, I've got to, I've got to put more time in. I've got to do this. I got to go to Fargo. And uh, yeah, a lot of our higher class wrestlers are, you know, planning on going out there this year. So um, that's exciting, but you know, we were kind of talking about the camps and clinics. I know, Brockport State used to host one, which is yep. kind of going to lead us into our next topic of Brockport State Wrestling, right? You know, what is going on with that place? Um, you know, being an alum that is an All-American for the Eagles, right, two-time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even spent time on the coaching staff. You know, yeah. what is your thoughts with them wanting to hire a part-time salary uh, guy for the head wrestling coach? I, I mean, as, as an alumnist and um, it is, you know, someone that really cares about the program, uh, the, the last – three years have been really tough. Um, I, the way that they handled uh, the transition from Coach Murray to Coach Jack Doe, who did a great job for a year, to Coach Jack Doe uh, retiring. You know, he, he, I don't think he ever had a, uh, ambitions to doing being the head coach at Brockport State for long term. Um, so they, they had known this and they didn't have their act together. And, and now, you know, they'll tell you that it was always part-time and it's true. You know, coach Murray is also a, you know, tenured professor at Brockport state, but it's, it's even more so just the salary. I mean, $21,000 as a head wrestling coach, um, that that's a joke. It's offensive. Um, just look around the Sunnis and, you know, they're saying declining enrollments an issue, you know, they'll, they'll give you every excuse in the book, but you know, Alfred state has a full-time wrestling coach. Um, yeah. St. John Fisher has shout a out to time. Justin Signorelli. I had him on the yeah. podcast in my yeah. earlier days. And yeah, I mean, I noticed he, I don't know if he commented on somebody's post on Facebook that I noticed. And yeah, they, he, he was, when he got a full-time position at Alfred state um, or, you know, when they decided to have a full-time mm -hmm. position as a head wrestling coach, you, you noticed a right. dramatic change in their program. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, Alfred state, Elmira college just named a head wrestling coach. that's full-time Cortland state, Oswego. Um, Geez, St. John Fisher's uh, position that just opened up new program. Uh, Coach Morrison is doing a great job. You know, they haven't had a match yet, but he's doing a good job. All of these are full-time positions. If you want to be successful, you need to put resources into that position. And I just, like I said, as an alumni, it's a joke to, to look and say, all right, here's 21,000. We'll, we'll give you just a little bit more than a high school coach. Um, that it doesn't sit well with me and um you know 100 plus all americans five national titles and and this is how you treat that program um i i mean I, uh, myself coach leon john leon uh brian quick uh pj uh wendell uh, there, there's a bunch of a bunch of guys that we we've been on uh communicating like what can we do to help this cause um i, I encourage everyone to reach out um you guys can look on my Facebook. Coach Leon put an amazing post together, and he has the email addresses of both the president and the athletic director. Um, credit the athletic director, Eric Hartz. He he has responded to a lot of emails. 
Um, I just don't find his response acceptable right now, which is we're running a national search and it's always been a part-time position, which is very misleading. Yeah. I mean, looking at it, obviously we talked about Coach Murray being there. He was a tenured professor. Um, you know, he'd been there for 50 years. You know, his salary was quite high. You you can, you know, go on and look at all the state employee <laughs> yeah. salaries. Um, you know, he was making, you know, some good money, right? But obviously yeah. he's been there for a while. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at the other coaches that we were mentioning or just the other positions, I guess, and whether they've been coaching for a year or five mm -hmm. years, whatever, um, you mm -hmm. know, it's – it's definitely anywhere from 50,000 to $70,000 a year. And, you know, I know Murray does more. I mean, even other right. coaches um, do more than just a coach, a wrestling program. Right. I know right. when I was coaching at Canton um, coach Murray called me up and was like, Hey, you know, I'm coach Murray and uh, I've got a kid on my team that wants to do student teaching. So right. can you give me the number to this uh, school that you're coaching at? And I want to, you know, call their superintendent or call their athletic director so right. I can get this student athlete into the door for, you know, further stuff than just wrestling. Right. I mean, this is his school. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just think that the, you know, $21,000 is a slap in the face, you know, for, for what they want to do, you know, and like we mentioned, they've got five national team titles, eight runner ups, hundred plus all Americans, 27 national champions. Um, you know, and this program doesn't have a small roster. A lot of it is, That's... you know, the small, the roster size, right. This is, this has got a nice roster. I mean, if you look at the last, few pictures that they you know the team pictures you can go right. all the way back but the team pictures they have are like you know three rows deep you know normally you're looking at a team that you want to drop it's a team mm -hmm. that you know doesn't have much right they're not bringing a lot to the to the college but this this is obviously bringing a lot to the college and you know you can't forget to add buffalo state just down the road they just started a woman's right. team and soon to be announced which i think it should be this week i know i talked to somebody that knows somebody um the uville in buffalo is starting a wrestling team as well yeah i heard that as well i, I mean so, and even you know even more so if you just look at things um if we're going to say it's enrollment driven you hit it on the head right uh, wrestling the sport of wrestling has more first generation college students than any other sport in ncaa uh intercollegiates so if you're trying to check boxes and you're trying to, and that's a big number when you look at what university presidents are looking for. So if that's the case, let's, let's put what, what is the roster that you want to make sure that we have it covered. Right. And um, let's, let's incentivize, incentivize whoever the next coach is to have a large roster and a healthy roster. So they're paying for themselves and their assistants. Um, let's, let's not, put it under the veil of $21,000 and that we're doing a nationwide search because who, you know, who's uprooting themselves to, uh, you know, Brockport, New York to, uh, for $21,000. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> is, is, how much is that even going to cover for a move? Right. So you basically work for a free if you didn't live in the area. Um, it, so, I, you know, it, it wasn't real clear. It wasn't, clear in the sense speaking with them were they offering that other half you know is there a job in admissions is there a job in you know intramurals is there a job somewhere else where you can make make up the difference but let's just say you double your double your salary forty two thousand dollars that's not a lot of money um and what type of candidate are you going to get um uh, when they're when they're scraping so yeah it, it's tough um you just look at coach Murray's uh, coaching tree 
um, and it's a pretty good list in New York. So, you know, I, I think it would be the crime, the crime of uh, the this new century if Brockport Wrestling was dropped. Now, I'm obviously very biased in the sense that I am an alumnus and I'm proud of our program. But I mean, come on, man, right? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, and even with, I mean, this this dates. I don't know, 10, 15 years back, but remember Amy Whitbeck from section two, yep. um, she went to college there. She was dating a college guy, which mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a, a kid that's actually on the youth circuit. That's doing right. pretty well right now. Um, Elijah Golding, I believe the guy was, but uh, anyways, mm-hmm. she, she was grew up on the mat or her kid grew up on the mats at Brockport, like right. with women's wrestling growing as it is now. I mean, across the state, even Elmira, obviously we just talked about Buffalo state, you know, why wouldn't you want to be the first SUNY team to start a women's program? Like, you know, grow the sport and, and get behind it and, you know, pay somebody good money to actually, you know, lead your, the, the, the program that's pretty successful, right. pretty successful at Brockport to, to better things. But, um, <laughs> you know, I guess off of that now, you, you did coach under coach Murray as well. After, you know, you were all American there, but you coached under him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what was that like coaching with him? Uh, the most formative experience uh, of my young athletic, you know, coaching career, uh, the transition from coach to athlete is tall. Um, I, you know, we've had some young guys come in and it's, it's really difficult because, and I'm sure you went through this as well, but it's not about you anymore. Right. And one, the, the best advice coach Murray ever gave me and, you know, coach is a tough guy, but he just said, um, you know, these guys are your friends, but they can't be your friends when you're coaching them. Um, if you want to be their friends, uh, be their friend. I can't have you on staff. Um, but just, you know, he, he is very regimented. He, he taught me how to organize a practice. Um, he taught me how to set high standards for athletes um, and, you know, high standards for yourself as a coach. Um, and, you know, I, I've been blessed. I've had some great mentors, but to, to be let off with Coach Murray is my my first mentor as uh, as my a boss, and in actually learning how to run a program, organize practices, um, you know, organize a schedule. You know, um, it, it was great to have him as as that person the first time through. So uh, I can't say enough about how much he's helped me with my coaching uh, in those first few years. So you, you coach under him, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you graduated in 03. So how long did you yep. coach, um, at Brockport? I, I coached, uh, oh, three, oh, four. And then, um, and then oh, four, oh, five, um, I started the first year and then I, I got hired teaching. So, uh, dynamic shift shifted a little bit and, um, was asked to come on and, uh, Tony D'Ambra, who's, uh, you know, we went to high school together. He's a national finalist that year. Um, so I was able to hit some of the stuff, but I was working at Byron Virgin High School, um, which is 10 minutes down the road from Brockport. Um, and I was able to kind of do both, but um, I missed the NCAA tournament that year because the New York State tournament was the same at the same time. It was in Albany um, and Mike McNally was in the state finals. So kind of a cool, cool, strange year for me. But uh, so I was there with a year and a half with Coach Murray. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I still lived in Brockport and, uh, coach Murray and I every Wednesday would still have dinner. So, uh, it was good to have him, you know, for that feedback. 
Yeah, that is, that's a good uh, person to have in your corner for, uh, yeah. you know, the coaching advice and whatnot. So you were at Byron Virgin from like 05 to roughly 2012, 2013. I was at, from 05 to 2010. Um, we, we had a transition, you know, I, I was one of the guys that lost their job in 2009, 2010, you know, with the first, hopefully we don't go through this again, financial crisis. Um, and I was in Buffalo for two years. And then um, in 2011, 2012, I, that's when I started at um, with Finger Lakes Wrestling Club, which is now Spartan RTC. Correct. Um, so yeah. So I remember when you took over at, at Lansing, um, yep. you know, right after Doug Dake um, and staff um, got yep. off got off board. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you obviously had a few hammers there with Cole, mm -hmm. William Cole, uh, Connor Lepressi, and yep. uh, Jimmy Overheiser. Um, so yep. You know, that, that was, that was obviously a good run, but like, you know, from like Lansing, which obviously is another mm -hmm. small school, I can relate to them and <laughs> Tioga as well. I can relate right. to them, you know, small school. We, yeah. I went there for the first time this year and um, you know, but the, the rich history of wrestling behind it. I mean, obviously Lansing has rich history, but I, I remember Tioga in years past, you know, they've got mm -hmm. a lot of rich history. Right. And, you know, you take over there into the 2016, 2017 season. So, yeah. you know, you've been there for six seasons. Mm -hmm. um, guys like Emmett Wood and Mason Welch yeah. were just seventh graders when he took over. Yeah. And I read in a news article that your first and main goal, um, your first year was to beat Newark Valley. And now, yeah. you know, you, you've won the last three New York State team titles and you just yep. won the New York State dual meet title as well. Mm -hmm. You know, what was... I guess taking over that, you know, the first year of taking over Tioga wrestling, like, you know, with, you know, obviously you had yeah. a pretty good support system with, with coach Rowe, um, you yep. know, former wrestling coach, he's now athletic director. And then um, Mr. Taylor, which is the superintendent as well, you yeah. know, so. Yeah. So, like? um, I, I mean, it, I mean, we, we can talk about Tioga, but you know, I, I do have to just say that we talked about coach Murray being a great mentor and so formative uh i'd be remiss to say if i didn't mention him but you know coach cole and having that friendship and, and that mentorship uh for a decade um was invaluable and uh i you know i would say he's had the greatest impact on how to run a program and and doing it out looking at wrestling outside the box um I had an idea what I thought wrestling looked like and what a head coach should be and how to run a program. And then uh, being around Rob, I, I would even say for the first month, it was one of those things where I had to revisit what I thought was right and what he was doing. And then how do you mesh what you really thought wrestling was to this new reality? Um, and just, you know, between Mike, uh, Mike Gray, who was my roommate for a handful of years, uh, Damian Hahn, Jeremy Spates, um, you know, Kyle, all these guys, um, just such a welcoming attitude and, and, you know, compared to them, I'm a nobody in wrestling. Right. And to have them actually listen to me and, and, and be able to give feedback and not feel like, uh, you know, I'm a nothing. Um, it, it's that, that was so invaluable. And, and I, I knew need to mention that, um, just again, because then you say, okay, so I was at Lansing for four years uh, running and, you know, ran, ran the RTC uh, th that whole time to transition over to Tioga, who was good, but not great. Um, and, you know, having coached against them 
and looking at and saying, man, the, the talent level's there and there's just something missing. So, um, you know, we talk about that first year. It was just really getting getting people that haven't had that success to believe um, and believe in themselves and believe in the program and believe in the process. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to put on a little mantra and, and kind of this is what you want your program to look like. So if that meant that I had to puff my chest out a little bit and carry myself a certain type of way for people to believe that we were something and get upset maybe about something that you normally don't get upset over, um, just so they know you care. Um, it, I mean, that was the first step and you're right. In New York Valley was very strong and shout out to coach Darcy and coach Zachi. They had it kind of humming there for a little bit. Um, and we actually lost to him my first year. So, um, but from, November to the end of January and you're seeing this growth measure from that team uh, and to walking in um, and, you know, coach McNaught's going to kill me, but, you know, he beat us twice in a duel and at that class tournament, the sectional qualifier, they beat us by five points, right? We are winning going into the finals. We lose, we lose the, the tournament and then leading up to the sectionals. And then, you know, they were very strong that year. Um, kind of have a big upset when we win the sectionals. Um, and, you know, big, big upset in the section and, and the kids. And it's one of my favorite pitchers because, like you said, I've had Mason and Emmett for six years in the program. And you see these guys and they're little babies, right? They're 12, 13 years old. Um, but everyone's all smiles, right? And just um, to have that and then to use that as a springboard into the next couple of years where, all right, and, and we've had this transition to we might be good, then I think we're good, right? And then the last couple of years, the guys are like, Hey, it's time. You know, this is our, this is our, uh, you know, whatever we're in, we're, we're in charge here. So it, it's, it's a different dynamic. It's a different, um, for the kids. And, and it's definitely as a coach, uh, you know, you have to carry it a little bit differently than you did that 2016, 2017 year. You know, that 2016, 2017 year, what was your first step in like, you know, you, you saw from the outside when you were at Lansing saying, well, Tioga, right. you know, they have, yeah they have what it takes, you know, what was that first step of, I don't know if you, you call it a culture change because, you know, yeah. they, they had the history, but you know, they obviously were lacking something, you know, what was the first step in, in taking over there um, that you, you thought that would make an importance? It, it was just what, when you take over a program, um, it, you know, and especially you said small towns, right. Um, they're accustomed to it a certain way. And you, you got to put, you know, what, what's your stamp on this? I, I've been blessed. I've had outstanding assistant coaches there with uh, Jason Bellis right now and John Martin and Dan Pierce. So my, my staff right now is outstanding. Um, and moving back, Ryan McWinney, Brandon McWinney, um, uh, Jesse Williams, um, and uh, Miles Keene, who's now actually at BGAH. Um, I've had these great assistants, but having Brandon um, McWinney, Ryan McWinney as my assistants that first year. Uh, and we had Jesse too. We brought Jesse in at, at Christmas time. Um, but they're, they're from Tioga. They, they know, know the program and have some familiarity there and have, you know, have that understanding what Tioga is all about. Um, small towns are tough sometimes because you're the outsider, you know, and having them and then, all right, we're still Tioga. I think that was the first step was just kind of, this is how we're going to having, having some staff meetings, weekly just say this this is we're going to lay practice out and be on the same page and every, every everyone believing in one goal and then we had you know we had John Worthing who's a state finalist the year prior at 99 and we had Austin Lamb who had taken third in the section 
um, the year prior. And, uh, you know, so we had these guys, but they were, they were, when I say young and small, they, you know, John was a 99 pounder. Austin was a 120 pounder. So you can't really ask them to be your team leaders. You know what I mean? First, they're right. 15 years old. And secondly, they're little. So um, it was trying to, you know, and I, I'm lucky. Um, I, I'm with the seniors all day. Right. So I teach. I teach economics. You've been in my room. So I teach economics and government. I have the seniors I, building that. And, and I think it's all relationship building and getting people to trust you and getting these seniors to trust what we are doing in this process. Um, and I won't say that specifically that first year, there weren't bumps in the road. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not always the easiest to get along with. And, uh, you know, I'm not a warm summer breeze sometimes. So, you know, just demanding that high standard that we I mean, that's just what the room is now, but getting that intensity up and, and putting in the system that, that we use, um, I, I think that started to change it. And then, you know, watching these kids start to believe in themselves. I, I think maybe the turning point of the season was um, the section, this is before the dual meet championship started, but we had a section four dual meet tournament. We sat a couple of guys that were banged out because it didn't really count. And we, uh, Nor Norwich was a good team. They were the two seed and, we had guys just step up, beat guys that they probably didn't think they could beat. And then, you know, so we had all these role players say, Hey, I can, I can do this. Like I can be one of these guys and, you know, to have that happen at the duels and then have a couple of weeks and then, you know, see this big growth measure. I think that that was the big difference and really the launching, you know, maybe that, that springboard that set us to where we are today. Uh, so, you know, you obviously have the, the coaches behind your back as well, but mm -hmm. even the wrestlers, like when you took over, there was, for being a small school, there was a lot of, I feel it. I mean, looking at CNY, there was a lot of yep. uh, guys on your roster, you know, and you talk about having a good team, but you also have the, the backups that, you know, I believe sure. it was Candace Steele Greenwood when Braden Woodward wrestled this backup yep. that I had no idea who it was, you know, and you're looking at us it, like, well, this kid's doing a heck of a job, but like how important is it to have those backups that, you know, every program needs, but to, right. to, to push those guys and keep the, the guys that are, you know, yeah. that are, that are state champs or state caliber, sure. you know, to a higher standard, right. Obviously they've got guys pushing them in the room. Um, you know, how important is that to also build the program? Because you feel a lot of these high school kids are like, well, if I can't start, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to mm -hmm. find a new sport. I'm going to, I'm not going to do this. You know, this wrestling's not right. an easy sport. So, um, you know, a lot of people could just walk away. Right. So, so that kid you're talking about, uh, I know that that's this year, but, uh, that's Justin Hopkins. Um, it, he's a two-time sectional place finisher and, you know, he's been a big part of our program the last three years, you know, he's been, a, he's, we didn't have a real season last year, but he plays as a freshman, he places a sophomore in our sectional uh, in our section, um, in a senior year, um, you know, just leading up to this, he had COVID, he had some injuries. He, he, I think he had like whatever the minimum amount of matches is. I think he had two over the minimum to wrestle in the, in our sectional duel. Um, but he's, he's a real tough kid, but, but you're spot on. I, I think one back to that first year, um, we had some money in the booster club and, um, we were able to run two schedules. Um, it, and you're spot on kids don't come out to wrestle the practice practice. That's the worst part of wrestling is practice. I, I even think the good kids say that, right? No one likes, man, I can't wait to go get the crap beat out of me in wrestling practice. You know what I mean? So um, to be able to wrestle, you know, to get every kid on, on your team, 30, 30 plus matches in a season, I think it's a big part of it. Right. And it's sometimes it's a double-edged sword in the sense, because then it's like, 
all right, why am I not going to X tournament? Why am I going to this tournament? Right. But you know, you know the bottom line is um, I try to put um, brothers, you know, families at one place, you know, you try to accommodate parents um, and, you, you know, but back to what you were saying, you know, that depth comes from, I, I don't think you get to keep that depth and it's not every year. If you look at CNY, uh, I think the following year. So 17, 18, I think we had 18 kids on the roster. Um, but, you know, this year we had a big roster. Um, we would have had a giant roster the year prior, the COVID year. Um, but it's because we, we wrestle the guys, you know what I mean? And if you, right. I, I, I think that that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, shout out to my, my youth coaches, um, you know, Travis Fisher, Brandon McWinney's one of our youth coaches. He's got kids coming through now. Um, they, they do an outstanding job. They have the kids prepared, uh, and they understand what intensity is in a practice room. But at the same time, you know, when you tell kids, Hey, we're going to get your matches and we're not going to try to put you in one place. You know, I, I think one way you can, you want a kid to quit, put them out in a dual meet and let them get smacked by some kid that, you know, they have no business getting out there and wrestling against, uh, doesn't help that kid. It doesn't help. You know, you had Carter this year, right? So right. if I have some JV kid, doesn't help Carter to go out there and have a kid that can barely, you know, put snaps headgear on. And it definitely doesn't help that JV kid to get folded up. But, True. you know, talking about that Woodward match, um, you know, we talked to Justin and Justin senior going into it. We knew what we were going to do and just said, I'll, I'll scrap, I, you know, and, and not being afraid. And if you remember, he goes out and he takes him down, goes right yeah. out, hits a, hits a lefty knee pull single, takes him down, rides him for about 45 seconds. Now, mind you, he had just come off COVID protocol. So maybe he had practiced three, four times uh, in, you know, gas tank was pretty low starting the match. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that was a big change in that match. And I, I know we won 11 bouts, but if you, I think that took the wind out of the sails out of Castillo to watch, you know, one of their stars struggle and he ends up getting the, the major right at the end, but our bench was fired up and their bench got quiet. And I think that was a big momentum swing in that match. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, speaking of next year um, or looking forward to next year, this yeah. upcoming season, uh, can we see a potential D1, D2 match between uh, Tioga and Mincing Valley? I'm trying. Um, you know, Coach Coach and I have talked uh, via email. Um, his brother is now the head coach at Maine Enwell. You know, he, and he's an outstanding football coach there. Um, we're, we're working on it. And, you know, if if you guys or New York Wrestling News wants to help facilitate it, you know, um, we're in. You know, uh, that's kind of how we do it. So, um, we'll wrestle anybody, you know, if Cornell wants to get a match, we'll take on Cornell too. I didn't say we win, but we'll wrestle Cornell. We'll wrestle Cornell. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a couple of things. We might wrestle Del Barton out of New Jersey, um, yeah. who won, you know, won the New Jersey States, um, coach Stahl and I are good buddies. Um, but I, I think that's what you need to do. You got a good program. You got guys you, you want to get out there and, even more so, I think for wrestling fans, why are we hiding? You know, there's nothing worse than that. Um, you know, Coach Gallagher and I, I don't think either of us care who we wrestle. And if a loss is a loss, a win's a win there. Um, yeah, let, let's do it. And if anyone wants to help us, uh, I'm willing to get the help, whether that's a venue, you know, West Point, I'm talking to you, Mikey Gray. West Point, Scott you. Green, I've had him right, on the Scott, podcast. Too. Right. Yeah, Coach you Green, Coach Gray, this. if you guys want to. If you guys want to put that together, we'll, we'll come and scrap. 
America's team versus Cornell, and then you know the D one D two teams. You know that's that'd be a great day for wrestling, especially in the Hudson Valley, um, if that's you know where where it's going to be. I know um, West Point's a really nice place. I haven't been there. Yeah. Looked at pictures. You know Scott Green talks highly of it. Yeah. So that'd be an awesome place to go watch. You know a high level high school wrestling match and a, a high level uh, Division one college match as well. So yeah, that's yeah. look. I'm looking forward to that if if that does come to fruition. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever, anyone that can help us, let's do it. Um, yeah, so looking forward to Fargo. I'm, I'm sure I'll see you next month. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make my way out there regardless of I'm taking a bus, taking an Amish buggy. I don't, I don't really care. I'm, I'm gonna make it out there and uh, pitch a tent right in the parking lot. And it's two good weeks of wrestling, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. You got anything else for us? Yeah, well, no, just uh, th- thanks for having me on. And like I said, you guys, with, with the Brockport situation, um, it, get on Facebook. You guys can find me on Facebook. I, and the only reason I say Facebook is because it has that post from Coach Leon. Yeah. Uh, email the AD, email the president, you know, ask them what's going on. What what, what are we doing with that program? Um, and then just be on the lookout. I think New York's on the rise this year for Fargo. You know, I think we got a nice team. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Right. And that's all for episode 59 of More Wrestling's podcast with Tioga's Chris Harrington. Uh, Coach Harrington's doing some really good things down there at Tioga. You know, in the last few days, I've kind of started throwing out some class of 2024 recruiting profiles because June 15th, which is three days from now, um, the they had the wrestling coaches at colleges across the country can, uh, you know, re- start recruiting and talking to some of these class of 2024 guys, which are the sophomores going on juniors. And if you look at Tioga's sophomore class, they've got several guys that are, you know, top of the line. Without looking at their roster, I know Gianni Silvestri, right, state champ. Um, Usman Duncanson, state champ. Caden Bella, state runner-up. He was just a um, Northeast Regionals second place in freestyle, uh, Northeast Regionals Greco champ. Um, you know, so th- three guys that I'm planning on doing recruiting profiles on. I already did Bellis's, but, uh, you know, They've got a good thing going down there in Tioga, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to that match. Hopefully it happens with Tioga and Minnesing Valley next year. Um, you know, Scott Green, got to make that work. Put that stuff on Rockfin maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so that's all I've got. Um, again, share that Brockport State post. You know, message their AD. Let's, let's keep continuing to grow wrestling. Peace out.